So good to see you here in the second service this morning here on this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Uh, I know uh, the work that he did, let me tell you what, lets us all know that if we'll stand up and we'll say something and we will uh, pull together, we can accomplish things, we can bring an end to atrocities, we can make this world a better place, and uh, what an encouragement. So don't let this weekend, this long weekend, be just a time maybe to to uh, kind of eat and watch games and chill out. Let it also be a weekend that reminds you that there was great sacrifices that have been made that has helped make this world a better place. And there's still great sacrifices that we need to make in order to continue and to bring forth the full fruition and maturation of the dream that I'm telling you is what I believe the heart of God is that each and every one of us, the children of God, sons and daughters of God, would function and flow and minister and live life together in such a way that reflects heaven on earth. And uh, that is our prayer, and I encourage you in that. Now, as we go forward, we do understand that this real world that we live in, we're faced with some challenges in this world. And there are some setbacks and there are some unplanned things that we have to deal with. And what we want to do is bring a word to you this morning. I believe that I've received it from the heart of God and it will encourage you and give you hope and instructions on what you can do to go forward in the victory that God has for us. As you know, we prayed and we always try to get a theme uh, and a hint from heaven as to what God wants us really to focus on in each year that we go into. And as we came into 2018, we just kept hearing the Spirit of the Lord saying, Welcome me. Welcome the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit. You must function in the Spirit. You must uh, uh, learn how to let the Spirit of God flow in you and through you. Welcome Holy Spirit. So that's been our focus here in 2018. And this morning, the message that God has given me is as the Spirit of God moves in, the movement of the Spirit of God, He brings the anointing. And the anointing of God does two things. It destroys yokes and it lifts burdens. So if you've come here today and there's anything been holding on to you that's been trying to keep you in bondage and something that's been trying to hold you down in your emotions, in your relationships, in your finances, in your health, wherever it may be, the anointing of God breaks those yokes, destroys the yoke so that you can be freed up to live in the blessing that God has for you. And the second thing the anointing does, he tells us, is he lifts burdens. And I guarantee you, if I were to interview many of you today, you would say there's something that's burdening you. It may be a burden of a loved one that is going through a challenge. It may be a burden that you're going through a challenge. It may be a burden in your finances. It may be a burden in a relationship you're involved in. Maybe a burden with your children, a burden with your parents, or a burden in uh, your the strength that you have, or your financial situation. Whatever the burden is, the anointing lifts the burden. Lifts the burden. So what we want is to let the anointing of God move into our life and into our situation to destroy the yokes and to lift the burden. Amen? And here's what the Spirit of the Lord says. When I move in with anointing, I take you from surviving to thriving. So from surviving to thriving. So that's the message this morning as we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Move in with your anointing. Place the mantle of your anointing on our lives. Take us from surviving to thriving in Jesus' name. Amen? And we're going to be looking at a biblical character this morning, Elijah. And as we look at Elijah, we're going to also look at this biblical prop that the Bible shows us. And it's that mantle that was uh, that Elijah carried. If you remember, Elisha wanted a double portion of that anointing and that mantle. And when Elijah was taken, the mantle was left there at the riverbed. And, and, uh, and Elisha takes that anointing or that mantle, that prop, that biblical prop of the mantle represents the anointing of the Spirit of God. And then we're going to look at this biblical cycle that we see where there is drought, then there comes fire, and then there comes rain. Drought, fire, 
and rain. So if there's an area in your life that you're going through a drought right now, don't settle there. That is not God's plan for you. Drought is, is a place where you are trying to survive. Sir is a prefix of above and vive is life. So you're, you're trying to live above life. You're trying to keep life at the top. You're trying to make it. That there's a lot of people I meet, and maybe you this morning, there's areas in your life you're trying just to survive. There's a drought. Things have dried up. It's a hard place. It's a place where there's not much going on. There's a place of discouragement. Parched. It's hot. It's miserable. Let me tell you what. You're not created to live in the drought. God has a cycle to take you from the drought through the fire. And we've got biblical precedent. When He brings us through the fire, if God brings us through it, we come through it without even the smell of smoke on us. We come through it without even a hair singed on our head. We come through it like gold. Our value goes up. The impurities are burnt out like silver. We're stronger. We're more valuable if we let God bring us through the fire and not let the enemy take fire and destroy us. But let me tell you what, you're not even created to live in the fire. There's a season of God that will bring you through the fire, but He wants to bring you into the season of rain. And the rain where His blessings pour down, His, His, His increase comes in your life, that's where He wants you to thrive. So He's taking us from surviving to thriving. Can anybody wave at me this morning and say, there's an area in my life I've just been surviving. There's an area in my life that's dry right now. There's an area in my life I need the rain of heaven and I'm ready to move from surviving to thriving. Let it begin even now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at the biblical text of 1 Kings chapter 18. You can turn there uh, with me or turn your attention to the overhead, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, talking about the third year of this drought, saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So God is saying, we're going to bring an end to the season of drought. And we're going to bring you through fire and to the rain. But you've got to do something first. You've got to go present yourself to Ahab. You have to confront the authorities on earth that are standing in the way of the blessings of God. So if you are in a drought or have a circumstance or a situation in your life where you're challenged today and there's a burden weighing down today, there is a power of hell that is behind that. Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He is trying to bring opposition against your life. And God has given us precedent here as we study the Word of God that you and I are called by God that we must go present ourselves to that power. And if you'll remember, he tells us in Luke 10 and 19, Jesus Christ himself says, I give you authority. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And we know he's not talking about literal serpents and scorpions, but those things that represent demons and powers of hell. Because he goes on to say, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He says, Jesus, that I've given you authority, Greek word is exousia, over the power, Greek word dynamis. So he says, the dunamis, I'm giving you authority over it. The power can't do what the power wants to do because the authority says no. There has to be a place in our lives where we believe the Word of God, we receive the Word of God, and then we act on the Word of God. And the Word of God to you today is, there may be a mountain in front of you, but you have authority and you can speak to that mountain and that mountain has to obey the voice that comes out of your mouth based on the Word of God and the faith that you speak it in. Because you have been given authority over these powers. So God tells Elijah, go to Ahab. Ahab is the king. 
Ahab represents the power that may be at that time on earth. Satan has got in. This king and his wife have led the whole country to worship false gods and to turn against the true and living God. But you've got to confront the authority. You've got to confront that power with the authority I've given you, just like Moses had to go and confront the authority of Pharaoh with the authority God had given him. This is a biblical precedent that we must learn from that we cannot complain and whine and cry and do nothing about what the enemy is getting by with in our life. We've got to rise up as sons and daughters of the Most High God and we have to say something. We have to confront the authorities and the powers of hell and say enough is enough in the name of Jesus. You're going to stop doing what you're doing. You're not going to keep running everything down in my life. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab because there was this severe famine in Samaria. Look down at verse 19. Now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me. This is Elijah's instructions to the king. And on Mount Carmel, we're going to meet. Bring those 450 prophets of Baal and those 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? So he's got all of Israel who know the history. They know their history. They know their God. They know he has brought them through so many supernatural, uh, supernaturally through so many challenges in life. But here they are. They have let their hands drop down and instead of worshiping the one and true only God, they're bowing to these prophets of Baal and these prophets of Asherah. And here Elijah asks them, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And one of the saddest the partial verses in the scripture is it says that people answered him not a word. They had nothing to say. They could not say one word in favor of God. I'm telling you, that's a sad place to be. I'm here to challenge you today. How long are you going to falter between two opinions? Are you going to play with the demons of this world and the forces of this world and let them give you a little favor which is just bait on a hook that they can keep you in bondage and drag you to the pits of hell through eternity separated from God? Or are you going to say, wait a minute, the breath that I breathe is a gift from God. The life that I have is a gift from God. And God has an eternity created for me and I'm not going to be ashamed of Him here on earth so that He's ashamed of me in heaven. I am going to take a stand and I'm going to open my mouth and say, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As far as it goes with me, I love God. I serve God. I worship God. I'm going to speak up for God. How long are you going to falter between two opinions? If God be God, let it be known. If God be God, say so and let's serve him. So Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal, Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give two bulls and let them choose one of the bulls for themselves, cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I'll prepare the other bull. I'll lay it on the wood and I'll put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it's well spoken. It's amazing. Now they're speaking up. They're like, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. It's almost as though they're excited to see the, the, the Baal and the false gods of Asherah uh, show Elijah up. It's amazing. Now, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourself, prepare it first. You go first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but don't put any fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them and prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning, evening till noon. All morning till noon. Oh, Baal! I don't reckon they looked up. They probably looked down. Oh, Baal! <laughs> Hear us! But there was no voice. There was no answer. Those false gods that try to make you think that they can provide for you and take care of you. They're nothing. They're nothing. They're not going to come to your rescue. The demons of hell are not going to come to your rescue. Lucifer, Satan himself, will not come to your rescue. 
There was no voice. There was no answer. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So now they start dancing, leaping about the altar. They're doing the nene and the electric slide and whatever they come up with. They're trying their best to get the attention of their God. Okay. And it says they, they leaped about. And it was so at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. In the Hebrew, it actually says maybe he's uh, relieving himself in the restroom in, in, in so, such a nice way he tries to say it. So they cried aloud and they cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied. Man, they're getting spiritual now. They're prophesying. They're prophesying in the name of Baal until the time of the offering of the evening. But there was no voice, no answer. No one paid attention. I'm telling you, the devil will promise you the world. But when you get to a point of need, you will find his true nature. He will not be for you. But God says, if I be for you, who can be against you? Come on now. So then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seeds of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, Now fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then, they, then he said, Do it a second time. Then he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar till it filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Then Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord, and you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. And do not let one of them escape. So they seized those prophets. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. So we've got drought, we've got fire, and we've got rain. So Ahab went to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went and he looked, and he said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Look, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So Elijah said to him, Go up to Ahab and tell Ahab, Prepare your chariot and get down off of this mountain before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain and Ahab rode away with, went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Wow, what a story. That's a powerful story. That's an awesome story. That's a story that's been told for years and years and years. God recorded it. But let me tell you, as awesome as that story is, it's the Model T compared to what God wants to do for you and me. Why do I say that? Because the covenant that Elijah had was a covenant inferior to the covenant that you and I have. That the covenant he had was one that had been cut with the blood and signed with the blood of rams and lambs and doves and pigeons. Uh, it was not a covenant in full. It was a covenant with types and shadows. It was a covenant with promises yet to be fulfilled. 
But let me tell you what, we just came through Christmas when the heavens opened and the Son of God came to this earth as was prophesied 800 years before that it was even spoken of in the Garden of Eden when God said, I'll send the Proto-Evangelicum and He will come and crush the head of the serpent. And Jesus came and Jesus lived 33 and a half years and proved Himself sinless depending on the Holy Spirit as you and I would depend on the Holy Spirit. And He was uh, was rejected uh, and He was turned into the enemy and the enemy took him and tried their best to kill him and silence him and bury him but on the third day he came up out of that tomb alive and the blood that he shed is now offered to cleanse and to pardon and to pay every debt that we ever owed and we can be born again and his blood will wash our sins away and he will resurrect us as well to live with him forever we have now access to eternal life and that eternal life begins now in covenant a better covenant that was written by the better high priest with better blood on better promises through Jesus Christ himself so Elijah's covenant is a model T but the covenant we have is a Porsche or or Camaro or a Corvette or Mustang or whatever 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 it's better So when we read this story, I don't want you to get caught up and say, wow, that was amazing. Wow, if I'd have lived in the time of Elijah, I could have seen some amazing things. That's Model T. It's time for you to learn how to drive in the covenant that God has given us in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm here to do. I want you to cut the engine on and rev it up and put it in gear. And let's go into 2018 living in the fullness of the authority and the victory and the promises that God has given us. But we need the Holy Spirit. This covenant has, we, it, the, the turbo engine of this covenant, the, the power of this covenant is so amazing that if we don't have a driver from heaven to help us, we would wreck. <laughs> it is that powerful. There is more horsepower in this covenant than we could even in the lack of wisdom that we have in the, and, and us and still in a maturing process. We can't handle it, but we have access to the mind of God. We have access to the presence of God. We have access to the power of God as we have access to the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said as they wanted Him to stay with them, Jesus, don't leave us, don't leave us. He said, it behooves you that I go to the Father. As I go to the Father, I'm going to be there making intercession for you. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be interceding for you. But I'm going to send my Spirit And here's the benefit. He said as the Spirit would come on those in the Old Testament and help them with Samson and help David and help one of the prophets do this or one of the kings do that. He said, now my Spirit will dwell in you and work and flow through you that what you've seen me do, Jesus says, you're going to be even doing the same works. Even greater works will you do after my Spirit comes. So we welcome the Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Spirit of the living God. But here's what he says. When I come in, the Holy Spirit says, when I move in, I provide the anointing that does several things. One, it moves you from surviving to thriving. So when I move in, the Holy Spirit says, if you'll allow me, if you'll welcome me, If you invite me, I'll move into your situation. And when I move in, I'm just telling you my character. I'm telling you my nature. I'm telling you what I do. I can't help but do it. It's just who I am. The Holy Spirit says when I move in, I'm going to take whatever situation is in surviving mode, I'm going to take it into thriving mode. That's what I do. It's what my anointing does. So the anointing moves us from surviving to thriving. Did you know, if you'll study the nature of God throughout these 66 books in the Bible, you will find that God is attracted to impossible circumstances. 
Are you faced with an impossible circumstance? Are you faced with a challenge? Are you faced with a drought? Are you faced with a circumstance that seems uh, immovable? Let me tell you what. You need to say, welcome Holy Spirit. Because God is attracted to impossible circumstances. Show Him a barren wound. Show Him a closed door. You show Him a broken dream. And you get ready for God to show up. Hallelujah. He is still God... The God in the midst of droughts, the fire, and the rain. He'll help you survive the drought. He'll help you come through the fire without being burnt, but your value raised, your, your, your strength raised. Your, you made, there's a sanctification process of what the enemy's trying to do to destroy you. God turns it and makes you more valuable and stronger here on this earth. Hallelujah. And then let me tell you why. He will bring you to the place where the heavens open up and He pours out the rain. The anointing is going to help you survive the drought. It's going to help you pray down the fire and it's going to help you thrive in the rain. Hallelujah. Praise God. This anointing, He says, when I move in, I'm going to bring... This is what I do. I'm going to move you from survival to thriving. You'll no longer be surviving. You'll be thriving. Who receives that now in Jesus' name? Welcome, Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit moves in, secondly, He says, only God. Only God. What does that mean? First Kings 18, 24, we see Elijah. He lays out the case that there on that altar, that only God, the only true and living God is going to answer with fire. It was an only God anointing. Which means there are things that only God can do. There may be things you've been wrestling with. There may be things that you've been trying to figure out. There may be things you've been trying to bring people around to help you try and figure out. It may be that thing is not something that you're supposed to do. It is an only God situation. And what you got to learn to do instead of running to man and running to the wisdom of the world and running to help that is around you, we need to learn to be people of faith that we first come to God and say, God, is this an only God situation? If it's an only God situation, we're going to rebuild the altar. We're going to get our faith right. And we're going to see the heavens send down what we need in this time of me. When you walk under this anointing, You'll be able to convey by the conduit of your testimony, your praise, your walk, your talk, your maturity in Christ, a continuous unbroken message of there are only some things that God can do. And I'm going to give Him the credit for it, and I'm going to give Him the praise for it. See, only God can make something out of nothing. Go to Genesis 1 and He'll tell you that. You may want to challenge God and say, God, I can make man better than you did. And the moment you reach down to take up some clay, he's going to say, no, no, no. You get your own clay. I made that too. Hallelujah. So there are some things that only God can do and he can make nothing. He can make something out of nothing. Only God can make something sweet out of something that was dead. Go to Judges 14 and you'll see that. It is only God who can make a way where there is no way. Isaiah tells us that in chapter 43. It looks like there's no way. People say there's no way. The professionals say there's no way. The historians say there's no way. But God says, wait a minute. I'm a God who can make a way where there seems to be no way. I just need you to put your faith in me and trust me and call on me. And lean on me. Hallelujah. Only God can show up and restore things uh, that was damaged uh, and not even leave a scar. Did you hear what I'm saying? Not even leave a scar. Ask the soldier who Peter cut his ear off. And Jesus picked up that ear, put it back on the soldier. And the Bible says there's not even a scar. There was no sign that it ever been damaged there. There is only God can show up and restore things uh, like damage never happened. Uh, there may be damage in your marriage. Uh, there may be damage in your body. And the doctors say from the here, you've only got such a percentage of this organ working. And because of this surgery and because of this heart attack and because of this setback, you're going to have to live and breathe on this portion of the lung. But I'm here to tell you there's some things that only God can do and He can move in and He can restore and there's not even a sign of damage that ever was there. I'm here to encourage somebody today. You need the anointing of the Spirit of the living God who can do what no man can do. 
Only God. Only God. I declare to you today, as you receive and walk in this anointing of the Spirit of the living God, that God is going to make something out of nothing in your life. And He's going to, I'm telling you, He's going to make honey out of your hell. I say it again, He's going to make honey out of your hell. Something sweet is coming out of the great pain that you have gone through. The devil said this will be a rancid odor and it will be a sign of decay and loss. And God said, no, I'll turn it into honey and I'll make something sweet and something savory and something that is a, a, a blessing that is going to come out of this. I'm here to de declare today by the Spirit of the living God that that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You're going to receive the anointing of God right now. And the way maker, the way maker is already working. The way maker's got the bulldozers of heaven. He's got the road plows of heaven. He's got the excavators of heaven already making a way. He's got the pavers lined up with the asphalt. He's got the concrete guys lined up with the concrete and it's spinning in the drum. He's ready to pave a way where there seemed to be no way. He's going to do a bridge over troubled water. He's going to bring you out of your drought and through your fire into your, into your thriving, a, a rain, a blessing from heaven. That's the Word of the Lord for you this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is restoring your family. He's restoring your relationship. He's restoring your joy. He's restoring your peace. He's restoring your health. He's restoring your destiny. He's restoring your dream. He's restoring your integrity. I hear it, Spirit of the living God. He is restoring uh, your finances. He is restoring your calling uh, like the damage never occurred. Like the damage never occurred. Hallelujah. My heart is revived. And, uh, and the pursuit of my God... I just, in, in pursuing the dream that God has for us, there's a reviving, there's a new life. There's testimonies and experiences of men and women throughout this scripture that, that just inspire me. I look at Moses, I look at Abraham, I, I, I look at Elijah, I look at Elisha, I look at King David, I, I, I look at Ruth, I, I look at, let me tell you what, as I, I mean, as Esther, I'm telling you, as I study the Word of God, there's Paul, there's Stephen, there's Peter, there's, there's, I'm telling Apollos, there's, come on, you Silas, it just keeps going, there's James, look at John, they just, these men, these women, they're, the Aquila and Priscilla, they just inspire me. Well, let me tell you what, I can step outside of the pages of this Bible into the contemporary day that we live in. And I am also inspired because the anointing of God that worked through these men and women is the same anointing that works here today in and through our lives. Even as we celebrate this weekend, the, the life of a man, Dr. King, I tell you, you saw the anointing of God on this man and what seemed like was impossible to turn the atrocities of this nation and this world and the silenced people and the bondages that were there. But through the anointing of God, without a war, through the anointing of God, there was a voice that penetrated. There was a fire that came from heaven and burned up the, the, the shackles and burned off the, the, the things that was holding back and brought freedom and liberty uh, ratcheted in the right uh, motion and the right direction. And that never give up attitude. I hold on today that when God gives you the dream, He also gives you the anointing to see the dream come to pass. And even though his life was short-lived, as the enemy was doing everything he could to silence it, let me tell you what, the dream still lives. And the freedom of God is still the gift of God to each and every man. And this world should come together, brothers and sisters, uh, in unity and equality like we see in heaven where around the throne of God there's tongue from every tribe and every nation standing together level right around the throne of God lifting up the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. No matter the drought, God can send the fire and God can send the rain. Only God only God can open the blinded eyes. 
Only God can cause the lame to walk. Only God can cleanse the leper. Only God can set prisoners free. Only God can raise the dead. And only God can raise you up. Don't you let your life end premature. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God and the anointing of the power of God in His presence is here to raise you up out of depression and raise you up out of darkness and raise you up out of sin and raise you up out of poverty and raise you up out of bondage. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Only God. Only God can make it rain. Ezekiel 34, 26, God says, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will call showers to come down. This is God. His word for you right now. I'll call showers to come down in their season. And there shall be showers of blessing. God is saying He wants to reign. He wants to take you from surviving to thriving. Only God can make it rain. And only God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, can save, heal, and deliver. Did you know it's only Jesus? Some people say there are many ways. Celebrities say there are many ways. Politicians will say there's many ways. I've heard some theologians that really got messed up somewhere in their theology will say there are many ways. But I'm here to tell you there's only one way. And Jesus said, I am the way. That is not trying to be in any way discrediting anybody else, but it's uh, speaking to the truth of the fact that the bales of this world are false gods and the asterisks of this world are false gods. They can no more bring fire from heaven. They can no more cause a redemption. They can no more pardon you of your sin. They can no more give you entrance into heaven and eternity and the blessing that God has for more than they did for the people of Israel in this day we read of. They cried, they cut themselves, they did the nay-nay, they did the electric slide, they did whatever dance, they tried it all. Trying to get Baal to do something and Baal is impotent. Because Baal is a false god. But there is a true God. And the true God has one plan. And that's the redemption of mankind. And he does that in and through his son, the only one who was willing to come, live a sinless life, die a sinless death, shed sinless blood to pay off our sinful accounts. Jesus is the way. There's no other way. A goat is not good enough. His blood won't do it. A sheep is not good enough. His blood won't do it. A dove is not good enough. Their blood won't do it. But the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, We'll do it. There's only one way. Amen? Amen. And then finally, there is a, this anointing. When he comes in, he brings heaven in and he stops hell on earth. The anointing that brings heaven and stops hell on earth. We got to get this, church. This part right here. First Kings chapter 19 verse 2 is the story. And we're not going to go through all those texts, but it's kind of, this is kind of the summation of it. Ahab, he goes by Starbucks. He's killing time. And then he leaves Starbucks and he goes over Panera Bread. And he's killing time. And he leaves Panera Bread. He goes through the drive-thru of McDonald's because he knows that's going to take a long time. So he's killing time. He's doing everything he can to keep from going home because he knows he's got a wife named Jezebel who is at home. And he's afraid of Jezebel. And he's just taking all of her profits... 850 of them up on a mountain and, they all, and all their life insurance policies have come due because they're all dead. They lost. He's got to go tell her. So he's dragging his feet. Oh my goodness, how am I going to tell? How do I broach this subject? Is she? Yes, yeah, she will. I know she's going she's gonna to lose. She's going to spaz out. So he finally gets up to her and he says, you know, um, uh, this guy, Elijah, yeah, I want him dead. Yeah, I don't like him. Well, I've been looking for him. Well, we found him. <laughs> we found him, and uh, he challenged us. And, and let me tell you what, the odds were in our favor. The odds were in our favor. You know, we got 850, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, so we had 850 to 1. And all the people were on our side. Not any of the people were on his side. So, I mean, we had the whole nation on our side. The odds were in our I did a good thing, honey. I was being a good king. I was being a good king. It was a good thing. I, I did the right thing. If you were there, you'd have done the same thing. I'm sure you would have. You probably would have even been bolder and, and, and grander in doing it. But, yeah. Um, we prayed. We danced. 
we dabbing, nay-naying, we doing everything we could to get their attention. He mocked us and said, your God's in the toilet. He's reading Facebook on, in, in the bathroom. Is, is he not hearing you? We, he mocked us. We got even, we got so ecstatic, honey, that uh, we cut ourselves and we're bleeding all over the place. Surely we were going to get some fire. We got nothing. Elijah simply puts his stuff together and calls on his God. Bam, fire came. Took it all out, water, everything. And then the people were on his side. And he tells the people, get all of the prophets. They're gone. I know he's sitting there going, uh-oh. And the uh-oh came. And she was irate. And the Bible says she was so irate, she jumped up and she said, I swear by the gods, my gods, that this time tomorrow, this Elijah will be dead. In 24 hours, I swear by the gods that he will be dead. He's going to die. 24 hours, he's dead. And I'm sure Ahab's like... Okay, it's all on Elijah. Whew! And he's backing out of the room. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Now recall, what was it that Elijah carried? The mantle, which is the anointing. It's a prop for the anointing. Let me tell you what. If you were to go into 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, you'll find that, that what God did... I love God. God is so awesome. He sends a whirlwind and... Whew, and gives him an airplane ride to heaven before the Wright brothers ever got the jets and saw that stuff off the ground. He just takes him to heaven. So here's the story. Not Ahab, but Jezebel has decreed and prophesied and declared in anger, 24 hours, he'll be dead. But here's the story. 24 hours passed, Elijah didn't die. Jezebel said, he's going to die. Hell said, he's going to die. The powers of darkness said, he's going to die. 24 hours passed, he's not dead. 48 hours passed, he's not dead. 72 hours passed, he's not dead. 96 hours passed, he's not dead. One week passed, he's not dead. One month passed, he's not dead. One year passed, he's not dead. One decade passed, he's not dead. One century passed, he's not dead. One millennial passed, he's not dead. And in full disclosure, thousands and thousands of years have passed and Elijah still has not died. He never died. God says, I'll show that woman. I'll show her the anointing. Lift him up that the word of the enemy would be null and void. The anointing that brings heaven and stops hell on earth. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what hell says about your destiny. It doesn't matter what the enemy has said about your destiny. Do you hear me? The anointing let me tell you what, the anointing moves in and stops hell and starts heaven. The enemy may have said, you've got an incurable disease and you're going to die. Are you going to believe the word of the enemy and receive the word of the enemy and walk in the, in the lie of the enemy? Or are you going to say, I have an anointing that the Spirit of the living God brings into my body and into my life, an anointing that brings heaven in and stops hell here on earth. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's time we, the church, rise up in the authority that we have and use the weapons that He has given us, which are not carnal, they're not man-made, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing every lie and everything the devil has said to naught and letting the Word of God be released over our life. It's time the church stop letting hell invade us. We have an anointing that gives us access to heavenly benefits on earth and gives us authority to put a stop to the work of hell on this earth. Hallelujah. Do you believe and do you receive the Word of the Lord over your life today? Do you receive it over your life today? 
If you do, I want you to stand with me. And if you receive it, I want you to lift both hands. And I want you to turn them as though you're receiving from heaven right now. If you believe in the fullness of the Spirit of God in His anointing, and you believe and you want to receive, I want you to reach up right now. And if you do, I declare right now, this is the word of the Lord, I declare over you, receive it. Receive it. I declare that you have the favor of God today. I declare that you are strong and well able to fulfill your God-given destiny. I declare that the Holy Spirit is fighting battles for you right now and that you are not a victim, but you are a victor. You may have been defeated in the past, but the past is the past. This is a new day, I say unto you. God's Word says that you are the head and not the tail. You will lend and not borrow. Everything that you touch will prosper and succeed according to God's perfect will because of your Heavenly Father's favor that you receive right now. I declare that by Jesus' stripes, you are healed today. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord according to Psalms 118 and verse 17. I declare that God is restoring health to you right now. And with long life, He will satisfy you. Father God, I, today I declare your favor in all of their relationships. Favor with you. Favor with their spouse. Favor with their children. Favor with their family. Favor with their friends. Favor in relationships and their business, Father. Father, by the leading and the anointing of your Spirit, I want to thank you for causing them to be in the right place at the right time, at the right moment, to see the right will of heaven manifested in their life. I want to thank you for causing people to want to help them. People are going to come to you with their sleeves rolled up and they're going to want to help you. Today, Father, I thank you for the blessing and blessing them with creativity. I want to thank you for causing them to make good decisions with a clear mind. I declare that you are smiling down on each of them right now as their hands are lifted up to you and that your favor will be in everything they do because they're committed to and surrendered to you. I declare that they will be blessed in the city. I declare they will be blessed in the country. Blessed coming in and bless going out. And I claim Psalms 84 and 1 right now that the Holy Spirit will bless you with favor and the Holy Spirit will bless you with honor and no good thing will God withhold from you because you belong to Him. I claim a back of 2 and 3 for you right now that the God's vision for you is for an appointed time and though it may tarry, you will earnestly wait for it for it will surely come, saith the Lord. I declare today that you be filled with the Spirit of the living God. God, between Him right now, between you and Him, you are the majority and the devil is a liar and he is in the minority. I know God's Word says, no man's eye has seen, his ears not heard, and neither has he even imagined the wonderful things that God has in store for him. But I pray through the anointing of God you would receive it all and so much more right now. Believe and receive the anointing of the Spirit of God. Believe and receive the Word Word of God. Believe and receive it now. And move from survive to thrive. Move from survive to thrive. And begin to walk in the realm where only God and manifest. The only God situations will come to pass and bring heaven into your life and stop the works of hell. Lord, we believe it. We see it. We now take it. We're going to walk it. We're going to talk it. We're going to live it for your glory. God says I will make you on my hill a blessing and I'm going to call showers to come down on you and I'm going to send showers of blessing. Lord God let the heavens open up right now and let the anointing bring the showers of blessing taking us from the drought through the fire into the rain. Hallelujah. Lord let us be like trees planted by rivers of living water. Our leaves do not wither and the fruit comes in its season. Lord God let us this day rise up uh, with the authority that you've given us uh, and co confront the powers of the enemy and put them in their place. Let us issue some cease and desist orders right now. Let us issue some stop work orders right now. Devil, we 
with the authority we have backed up from heaven. We're writing out some stop work orders right now. You put your hammer down. You put your drill down. You put your saw down. You're not going to be building any more of your demonic stuff in my life. No. I send from the legal room of heaven a cease and desist. You're not bringing it in my name. You're not bringing it in my family. You're not bringing it in my business. You're not bringing it in my school. You're not bringing it in my neighborhood. A cease and desist order is issued by faith of the authority I have right now. You spirits of infirmity, you got to stop. You destruction of my cellular structure, you got to stop. You decay, you got to stop. You cancer, you got to stop. You inflammation, you got to go. You brokenness, you got to go. You poverty, you got to go. You spirits of not enough, you got to go. You spirits of lack, you got to go. You spirit of depression, you got to go. You spirit of drugs, you got to go. You spirit of alcohol, you got to go. You spirit of bondage, you got to go. You spirit that soul tie, that is ungodly, you got to go. In the name of Jesus, and now come heaven. Come Holy Spirit. Come power of God. Come blessings. Let the rain, let the rain begin to fall from heaven. Let the showers of blessing begin to fall right now. I receive the joy of the Lord. I receive the peace of heaven. I receive the power. I receive the anointing. I receive your grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If there's anyone here this morning that loved hearing about this amazing covenant that took us from a Model T type covenant to this plush, turbo power, amazing covenant we have in Jesus Christ. And you love that sound. But you don't know if you are in covenant with God. You can know. Did you know within the next 60 seconds you can know that you know that you know. Jesus said, I've made a way. I'm the way. And he says, if you will believe in me, if you will believe and confess with your mouth my lordship over your life, meaning, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. I want you to take me, Jesus, and help me grow as a son or a daughter of yours. I come to you, Jesus. You're the way. He said, if you will confess my lordship over your life that you've surrendered to me and believe in your heart that I, God has raised me from the dead that I am alive and you'll invite me to live in your heart he said you can be saved which means sozo brought into the covenant of God and everything in the covenant and all its better promises are yours so that's why sozo saved means more than just going to heaven it means prospered it means health healed it means delivered it means joy it means peace everything that Jesus came to provide for us becomes yours because you're now in covenant we go and sign a contract and we can take a contract and sign that this house is ours and we will demand the key and open the door to a house maybe we've only looked at before as a guest we go in and move our stuff in because we have a contract that says it's ours a contract pales pales in comparison to a covenant and it blows my mind that people will not take the key or the authority and enter into their covenant through salvation and begin to enjoy, begin to unpack, begin to move in, begin to use the rooms and use all the benefits of the, of the covenant. So you got to believe. This isn't just a religious game. Let me tell you, it's nothing about a game. It's everything about reality. So if you believe God's raised him from the dead, you're then going to truly take ownership of all the covenant privileges that are yours in Christ Jesus that comes through that relationship. So you're never going to let that relationship go. I came into that relationship at 17 and I've never let Jesus go. I've only gotten closer and closer and closer to him because he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by.